Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. Author and Professor David Augsburger has written extensively on the subjects of hatred, prejudice, and violence, as well as the subjects of healing, forgiveness, and peace. In my classes with him, I quickly discovered there were certain phrases, if used in a paper, that would knock one's grade down at least by half a point. Words such as never and always were extreme offenders. He also taught us to think carefully before using the connecting words such as but or either or. So in order to avoid a minus attached to an otherwise A paper, I quickly learned to use the phrase, both and. And that's a phrase that's used for emphasizing that each of two things is true. After a while, the use of this phrase began to change the way I see the world. I find that when people believe they have options of how to respond to circumstances and thoughts, and that everything in the world doesn't have to be either or, they find a variety of ways to deal with hatred, prejudice, injustice, and they thereby bring about that healing, forgiveness, and peace that Jesus offered. Now, little did I realize this professor was not the first to invent the theory of both and. Because we hear it right here when Jesus says, be as wise as serpents and innocent as doves. He is teaching the theory that both have value. Now, for any English majors here among us, you likely are recognizing that Jesus is using similes That's figures of speech that compare two unlike things to instruct his disciples. In this not-so-short passage that I just read, we have doves and sheep as well as wolves and serpents, and each one of them has something to teach us. Jesus certainly understands the common view of serpents and doves. He knows the serpent used in craftiness and shrewdness in a negative way when he convinced Adam and Eve to defy God back in the garden. Jesus also knows the dove was used for sacrifices in Leviticus because it was clean. Mary and Joseph, when they went to the temple of purification rite required by the law, they took a pair of doves or possibly a couple pigeons because they were clean. The dove was later used at Jesus' baptism as a symbol of the Holy Spirit, which we still use today. So Jesus, knowing that doves are innocent, but he also knows they're not gullible, he teaches his disciples to use the wisdom of the servant for good, not evil. They'll need to be aware of God, of people posing as God-fearing, rule-abiding people in the synagogue. Now, the same thing can go for the church. 
They will seek, some will seek as a predator like the wolf to betray, kill, and hate, all because of Jesus' name. Jesus' disciples are not to use these same tactics to fight these people. They are to be wise, offer peace, and move on. Shake off the dust. Don't stay and fight. Let the Holy Spirit speak, because there are many other towns, and some of them will want that healing, forgiveness, and peace Jesus offers. I know it's difficult to see the snake. It's a good light. I struggle with that also. One writer warned that we shouldn't make too much of the simile, saying that we can't, he said, we can't attach the evil actions of Satan as the servant serpent with the serpent in itself. Although it disgusts me and I get angry, my cat isn't sinning when she kills the baby birds. Animals are not moral entities. And that creature itself is not what performs sin. And sometimes that shrewdness is an act it is not always a defect. It's an, an asset. It is not always a def- defect. This is a quality that Jesus tells his disciples to model. Now, Jesus is not using the serpent to load any baggage from the garden experience onto the disciples. The beauty of simile is that when a speaker creates one, it's not to invoke every meaning that the two words could have. Rather, the speaker is defining a fresh relationship between the two things. He simply tells them to be wise and innocent as they represent him. As a church... We often make difficult decisions as how to spend our resources, how to balance this building, the building of this church, versus giving what we have to the poor. Arguments for both sides can be offered, and as I've often said, we don't truly know what we believe until we can clearly argue both sides. Only when we understand the other why we would spend money on this church, why we would give to the poor, and understand that it's the cost for giving up one dollar for the other, can we make the decision about how to balance it. We need to remain wise and clean or innocent. Both are good, and one suffers when the other one gets more. Our entire not-so-short gospel lesson speaks of how Jesus balanced his ministry. He taught, he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom, and he healed. From other passages, we know he also fed. There are many of sheep and not enough leaders. The harvest is great, and the workers are few. Jesus didn't try to go it alone. He used others. He taught them. He modeled ministry for them. And he also gave them the hard facts. 
As Randy Newman sang in the intro to the hit series Monk in the early 2000s, it's a jungle out there. Be careful. Everybody doesn't want what Jesus offers. They would rather fight. As we take the gospel into a hostile world, we must be wise to avoid the snares that are set for us. As we must be innocent, serving our God blamelessly. Jesus is not suggesting that we stoop to deception, rather that we model some of the serpent's famous shrewdness in a positive way. Wisdom does not equal dishonesty, and innocence does not equal gullibility. Both are useful or used are useful when used the way Jesus taught. Our good intentions and Jesus' desire to heal, forgive, and to offer peace will not always be accepted, and this can cause suffering. Yes, yet, as we heard from the Romans passage, suffering can end in hope. The Apostle Paul's logic sums it up well, and I'll end with that. Suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And we heard what it said about hope. Hope does not disappointment. Our hope in Jesus Christ does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit and has been given to each of us. Amen.